Boozed and Confused is a comedy and weird topic podcast. Adult language may be used probably by me. While our episode topics may be educational in nature, we are not responsible if your children start dropping the F-bomb to their kindergarten class. Listener discretion is advised. everybody. Hey. Welcome to this Monday morning because that's when we are recording. <laughs> it's tough. It's, it, is, uh, it is hard. Yeah, you know, you know the baby kind of decides when things yeah. happen. Yeah, the executive producer has us on a very rigid schedule. It's chaotic. So yeah, some nights it's uh, Sunday. Some days it's Monday morning. And some days it's Tuesday. <laughs> in it. Yeah, in it. I've been watching a lot of Love Island. All right. I am Carol Ann. I am Matt. And welcome back to another episode of Boost and Confused. I'm sitting in a very um, like uncomfortable position. So I hope this is a short one. The executive producer uh, requires to be held for naps, um, and it just makes it difficult to um, do anything in our lives. <laughs> right. So I have the microphone like um, far away from where I normally am, and I have the producer um, on me, and I'm like stretching and leaning towards the mic. We have a nice topic for you today it's a me episode so sorry in advance um, <laughs> <laughs> but it goes back to what i feel like are our roots which is just like really weird shit um but this one is like a well-known weird thing um this one was actually a listener requested topic and i'm kind of surprised we haven't done yet but that's fine we're getting into it today so before we get into it today a few housekeeping items i know um, we're on all your favorite social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, I have been a little bit more active on those, I think, or this past week has maybe been a blur, but I also figured out Instagram reels. <laughs> so thanks to like the 200 people that have watched <laughs> the first one that we put out. Um, appreciated. Um, if social media isn't really your thing, you can send us an email at boostingconfusedpodcast at gmail.com. Um, what's the next one? If you like the pod and you want to support us, the best way that you could do that is by leaving us a review on wherever you listen to podcasts, but especially if you listen on like Apple Podcasts or iTunes, whatever it's called. Uh, there's like a funky algorithm that, uh, I don't know, if you leave a review, it like helps other people be able to find us. So that's always appreciated or word of mouth is cool too tell your mima about us <laughs> yeah and um if you are a small brewery and you want to support me <laughs> uh hit me up i'm on instagram slide into those dms um yeah and the cool part about leaving us a review is if you take a screenshot and you send it to us um we will send you some boost and confuse stickers for free as long as you don't tell us to like eat shit and die in the review but maybe even then we kind of want to get through some of these uh stickers so maybe <laughs> maybe we'll still send some i don't know yeah i appreciate um constructive criticism yeah. <laughs> great um the last one 
we're not drinking anything because it's morning. I'm drinking water. Yeah. You got to hydrate to stay great. So if it were like a Tuesday, it'd probably be like a Miller Lite. Yeah. Why not a Monday? That's too much for your Monday morning. I haven't hit rock bottom yet. Okay. <laughs> great. Uh, so without further ado, we're going to get into it. But this week... Uh, yeah, so I said we have a listener requested topic. So this is from a fan of ours named Ashton. So shout out Ashton. But um, we are going to talk about the Bermuda Triangle. Thanks, Ashton. <laughs> um, you got to have higher standards, though. What, Just, for listening to better to, to podcasts? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there are so many other better podcasts out there. But we appreciate you for choosing us. <laughs> So when I was a kid, I, I don't know about you, but I had like a really irrational fear of the Bermuda Triangle. Um, you know how like everybody like has concerns about like quicksand, you know, that's another one where it's like, how often are you going to get into quicksand? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, I, I don't really know why. Maybe I just watch too much like Discovery Channel. I think it's the weather channel for you. Oh, it is the weather channel for me. It's yeah. like three quarters here's the weather and like one quarter like we're all gonna die <laughs> 10 worst weather disasters 2020 yeah i mean that's very accurate actually i love the weather channel and jim cantori you had um, uh a fear of the what bermuda triangle see i have a fear of odd shaped i'm sorry odd sided shapes shut up <laughs> like three five seven nine stop it um Okay. One. I am going to say I would find it really hard to believe if like someone listening today doesn't know what the Bermuda Triangle is. Um, but just in case, we'll do like a quick TLDR. Never heard of, Never heard of this thing. <laughs> so it's a region in the Atlantic Ocean. It's not like officially recognized by anything except like probably conspiracy theorists. Um, and I don't know, people who are into like folklore and stuff. Um, but it goes between Puerto Rico, Bermuda, and Miami. And I think the boundaries of that are maybe, like, depending on who you listen to, maybe, like, that changes a little bit. But um, those are the three that I think are, like, the most common to be believed. Um, what uh, what kind of triangle is this thing? Is it, like, isosceles? Is it um, an acute triangle? I understand what you're doing triangle? now, and I'm not amused. Oh, I just... <laughs> I needed to be prepared for this, and um, I didn't share today's show notes, so sorry. All right, it's probably isosceles. <laughs> the worst triangle. All right, so we know that it's been said to be spooky, um, but how spooky is it? <laughs> we'll quantify. So um, the Bermuda Triangle has been credited with the deaths and disappearances of over like eight thousand people. Um, since at least the mid-1800s. There's at least 50 ships and 20 planes that have disappeared within the triangle, and we're going to talk about some of the more notorious incidents, um, starting with like some of the ship disappearances first and then moving into planes. So the first ship incident is the Mary Celeste. So it was discovered on December 4th, 1872, with everything like looking normal and in the right place, except the entire crew is gone. The ship is found stranded um, just after it started its journey from New York to Italy. Um, there were seven crew members, along with Captain Benjamin Briggs, his wife, and their two-year-old daughter. Um, and the only thing 
aside from the crew on the ship was raw alcohol. Ooh. What the hell is even that? I don't know. <laughs> so days after that, it leaves New York. Um, there's like a passing British ship that is a tongue twister um, called De Gratia uh, that found Mary Celeste under partial sail in the Atlantic. And the ship was just unmanned, no crew aboard. Um, the lifeboat was also missing. Like maybe they found like a really nice like beach and just like, oh, let's let's hop off really quick. Um, sails are up, right? <laughs> yeah. So like Sea of Thieves when you're like, oh, guys, the sails are up, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and we leave the sail down like a crack and all of a sudden your mermaid pops and your ship's on fire and you're getting um, spawn camped. And then, and then you rage quit. Uh, so it was also found that nine of the barrels in the cargo were actually empty uh, and there was a sword on deck, which I don't know if that's like mysterious or not, but I read that and I was like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> um, there's absolutely no trace of the people on board or the lifeboat pretty much since this happened. Are there any notes of how the poop deck looked? I <laughs> No, I uh, don't believe that that was in the captain's log. Do Do people poop on the poop deck? I think you could Google that and find out for yourself. Off the poop deck. It's like peeing in the pool and peeing into the pool. <laughs> she pees at potties. <laughs> the potty pooper. So there were studies that were done to just see what could have possibly happened here, and they ruled out the possibility of a pirate attack because everything, including the barrels of alcohol, which were probably the most valuable, um, were still intact. And um, there were some theories around it, including like criminal conspiracy, um, you know, attack by a giant squid. It's called a kraken. (laughs) Um, They also thought that maybe there could have been an issue of a natural disaster. I imagine when you're out at sea, those waves probably get pretty big. Um, Maybe you get bad, like stuck in a bad storm or something. But um, yeah, there's like nothing. There's nothing that really fits the bill because like the weather was good. The entire ship was uncompromised. Like the only thing awry was that the you know crew was missing and the lifeboat was missing. But um, yeah, kind of weird. That's a great word you just used. Awry. Awry. Oh, thank you. I take that as a compliment coming from you. Sometimes I get a lot of confidence to use words that I'm not sure if I'm using correctly. But if I have the right amount of confidence, it sounds right. <laughs> I learned that word in uh, eighth grade, and it's spelled stupidly, but... Yeah. Uh, because you want to say Ari. Uh-huh. Ari. Ari. That sounds like a battle cry. <laughs> Arise. So the next uh, ship disappearance that we're going to talk about is the Ellen Austin. Um, so in 1881, the Ellen Austin was on her way to New York from London, and she stumbled upon a derelict near the Bermuda Triangle. Everything seemed fine going according to plan, um, you know, but it was uh, drifting just north of the Sargasso Sea and the crew was just completely gone. But everything else seemed normal. (laughs) And so um, Captain Baker of the Ellen Austin asked to observe the derelict for two days um, to make sure it's not like a trap or something and uh two days with no response from the ship the captain entered the vessel with the crew to find like a well-packed shipment and no sign of the crew at all 
And um, in order to tow it back with Ellen Austin, the captain placed a prize crew on the ship set to sail together. Um, But two days of sail on calm waters, there's like a squall that separates the path of the two ships. um, And then the derelict basically vanishes. And so days after the storm, um, Captain Baker's lookout you know, could see the vessel through a spyglass only to realize that it was like drifting far away aimlessly again. Um, And so, you know, hours and hours go by and they're like trying to keep up with the ship. They finally catch up with the vessel and there's nobody on board. And um, there's like another version of the story that suggests like a second attempt by Baker to bring her back to land, um, but ended with the same fate before Ellen Austin, uh, you know, could really, I don't know, grab hold. I think the thing that is super weird about this is like the ship disappearing, coming back, and then like the crew just being (laughs) entirely gone again. Um, I don't know. That one creeps me out a little bit. It kind of reminds me of um, one of the, maybe it was the first episode that we did with the ghost ship. Ghost ships, yeah. 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 I don't know. Creeps me out. I think I, I I don't know what that one was. I still don't know if we ever figured out what the issue was there. I think that these crews are just teaming up and playing a really really good game of like hide and seek in the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> yeah. So the next disappearance we're going to talk about is probably one of the more interesting ones because it involves uh, the U.S. Navy. So this is the USS Cyclops, and it's one of the Navy's biggest fuel ships. And this is actually the largest loss of life in the history of the U.S. Navy in a single incident. Um, So pretty uh, catastrophic. But In March 1918, um, the ship set sail from Brazil to Baltimore through the Bermuda region, and they have almost 11 tons of this ore um, with about 309 crew members on board. And it's like a good day. Um, You know, there's only one message sent by the ship, and it indicates like no sort of troubles. And um, the message that they sent was basically saying that, like, the weather was good and things are, are going well. Um, but the ship's never heard from again. And there's, like, this huge search of the area and nothing is found. Like, nothing at all. There's no remains of the ship. Um, there's no crew members aboard. Like, n- nothing has been found, which I think is I probably pretty suspicious because you could imagine like if there is a large wreck there's at least something that would float to the top um you know whether it's like a bucket or i don't know something like a shoe yeah something that you could be like oh this is from the uss cyclops um the other peculiar part of it is the captain never sent like a distress signal. No one on board like ever responded to radio calls from other vessels in the area. And there's just never been a like an actual cause determined um, for its disappearance. And there's been a lot of theories, obviously. Um, but I think that one is probably one of the, the spookier ones. So like if these ships do sink... Do we know how deep the triangle is? That's a good question. I don't know. Because I could Google it, but I don't know. Like I think the deeper the triangle, the scarier it is to me. Yeah, well, I can tell you it's not like 10 feet. 
Right. No, that wouldn't be like the ocean then. Yeah, no. Maybe. I don't know. It's a really big triangle. Uh, so the next one is the Carol A. Deering, and she's a five-masted commercial schooner, so she's pretty big. And um, this is one of the more talked about stories um, or mysteries from the Bermuda Triangle because it's just, I don't know, batshit. So um, January 31st, 1921, the Carol A. Deering was found hard aground on the rocks of uh, like the shores of North Carolina, and there are speculations that it was involved in rum running. Ooh. But um, there's this investigation team from Barbados that comes and reaches the vessel, and uh, you know what they found was that the ship was just completely deserted. All crew members were missing. Um, all of their stuff was missing. Um, you know, the navigational equipment was gone. The logbooks, the life rafts, like everything was gone, and it kind of looked like they, I don't know, maybe like abandoned ship. The disappearance of Carol E. Deering is often known as the ghost ship of the Outer Banks. Um, there were also other ships that went missing in that same time period. I think there were like as many as, as nine other ships that disappeared um, in the same region and they were just never heard from again. And yeah, there's nothing that was ever like solved or determined for that being the, you know, the cause. The last boat incident that we have is uh, actually, I feel like ironically called witchcraft. <laughs> um, and so December 22nd, 1964, um, the witchcraft, which is like a little cabin cruiser, um, leaves from Miami with Captain Dan Burdick and his friend, Father Patrick Horgan. Father. Um, and so they are on this like 23 foot luxurious yacht um, to enjoy this like beautiful view of Miami's Christmas lights. And they are just like a mile from offshore. The Coast Guard receives a call from the captain um, stating that his ship had hit something, but there was like no substantial damage. And so that kind of indicated to them like they needed help to be towed to shore. So the Coast Guard goes out um, to reach witchcraft and uh, they, they get there in like 19 minutes, uh, but there's nothing. And the area indicating the location of the ship was like completely deserted. No signs of any ship have, um, you know, shown to be like stranded or were even there to begin with. And um, what's weird about this one is that apparently, like, this kind of cruiser was allegedly unsinkable. Um, there were a lot of, like, life-saving devices on board, um, you know, life, jacket, life jackets, the lifeboats, the flares, and nothing was used. And the ship was just gone. There was, like, no trace of them whatsoever. And so the Coast Guard searches, like, hundreds of square miles of the ocean over the next few days, but don't find a single thing. And nothing had been found at all <laughs> since since then. I don't know. I feel like if I'm, like, two dudes and I want to go, like, run away together, <laughs> this seems like a perfect opportunity. <laughs> But that's immediately where my mind goes. I don't know if that's the Bermuda Triangle or if that's just like two dudes looking to start a new life. If I were two dudes, I would start a wrestling federation. <laughs> 
So that's it for some of the larger like boat disappearances or the more notorious boat disappearances. Um, I have a few plane disappearances, which I think also kind of freak me out a lot. Maybe that's where my fear of the Bermuda Triangle comes from is like being in a plane going over it. Yeah, I mean, I already hate the idea of flying and um, I think flying over a, a triangle is horrible, <laughs> but also a triangle that makes you like vanish is also quite horrible. Yeah. So this first one that we're going to talk about is from 1945. And it's said that this incident is like what created the legend of the Bermuda Triangle, if you will. Um, I don't I don't know if I really believe that. But um, so December 1945, there is this bomber squadron um, that has, you know, uh, 27 men. They're out on a training mission um, from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and they just never return. Um, You know, there's like no trace at all (laughs) of them, again, as is tradition with the Bermuda Triangle. And the Navy has a report of the incident and the disappearance to them was due to causes or reasons unknown so not even like bad weather natural disaster nothing just unknown and um so staff sergeant howell o thompson um was a member of the crew and uh there was this rescue mission of 13 men that were sent to search for flight 19 uh but those people too never returned (laughs) Like, at what point are you, like, do you just stop sending rescue people out to go help? We're going to keep sending guys until we (laughs) find the guys who got lost and then the guys who got lost looking for the guys who got lost. Yeah, that's that's brutal. Um, So the next one is December 28th. Maybe they got to stop going over the Bermuda Triangle in December because uh, it's the only common denominator here so far. So December 28th, uh, 1948, Captain Robert Lindquist um, takes off from San Juan with two crew members and 29 passengers heading for Miami. So this is a commercial flight, um, a small commercial flight, but it's a commercial flight. And the plane is about 50 miles away from Miami. And Lindquist, the captain, uh, like radios the Miami airport for landing instructions. And the reports, uh, the airport's reply was met with just complete silence. Uh, Like there's no reply from the captain. There's just no one heard from again uh, from that plane. And so there's this investigation done by the Civil Aeronautics Board, and the plane had electrical difficulties and low battery power. And um, those findings haven't really stopped anyone from thinking that it's the spoopy Bermuda Triangle, uh, because I'm sure that they could say, like, the electrical difficulties and low battery power were causes of the Bermuda Triangle or something. At least that's what I would say. So the last one that I have for the plane disappearances is uh, a passenger plane called the Star Tiger. So this is January 1948, and um, it's on its way from England to Bermuda, and it's a passenger plane, and it vanishes with 30 people on board. England Civil Air Ministry conducts this investigation and finds that a ship, the SS Troubadour um, reported seeing a low-flying plane about halfway between Bermuda and Delaware. Um, and if that plane was the Star Tiger, it was incredibly off course. So that would maybe explain it. Um, but there's still nothing really known about it. Um, you know, no like official cause of 
disappearance. It's a mystery. Well, from the the shows I've seen about the triangle, um, like the survivors who like get through it always seem to mention their um oh, what are they called? Like their computers, their oh, yeah, directional yeah, yeah. equipment always yeah. seems to kinda of go haywire and they talk about like not knowing their elevation and when you're flying over the ocean everything's blue so <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't know how high or how how low you are yeah and i'm sure this affects like the old like compasses too yeah so this is actually a great segue into uh what could possibly be the cause oh of these incidents i don't even have notes you don't even open. have the notes i'm literally staring out the window <laughs> so the mic picks me up properly yeah, you should see the setup. Basically, um, Matt is holding our executive producer, but uh, she's a very loud sleeper. And so uh, we have to position ourselves uh, to have her far enough away from the mic so you're not picking her up too much. Um, it's great. The yeah. things that we do for you guys, and yeah. you don't even know how much we even, love you. You don't even know. I'm, I'm literally staring at the curtains and I'm talking to my wife and this is horribly awkward for me. Oh, it's great. So... What could be the cause of these incidents? Aliens. I appreciate that you said aliens because that's actually first on my list. <laughs> of course it is. Uh, the triangle is actually a, a um, an underwater space base. And they have magnets that pull things deep and they do tests. I mean, yeah, maybe, kind of. Yeah. Um, yeah i mean so there's a lot of things that i think happen in like everyday i don't know life like ufos and stuff and everyone's very quick to say aliens which i'm absolutely one of those people um and so yeah aliens like anything extraterrestrial um you know could could be the cause it could be um you know flight 19 where you know there were like five navy bombers that disappeared mid-flight um in 19 45 you know have been attributed to ufos i'm sure there's you know you fly long enough you probably have a good enough chance of running into something a little spoopy you will enjoy this next one pirates <laughs> so there's just like pirates hanging out in the triangle like this is our zone yeah i mean what a great place like you already well I guess what came first, the chicken or the egg? What came first, the Bermuda Triangle mysteries or the pirates? But I was going to say, like, they could totally prey on uh, some of the the people going out there. But, yeah, anyway, so um, definitely pirates could be uh, an option. I guess depending on the story that you're listening to or the story that you, that you read, the circumstances would probably tell whether or not it was pirates. But, um I, maybe like depending on the cargo you're carrying or I don't know. I, I feel like the ones that we talked about today, though, where like a lot of their stuff is just left with the exception of the one where like the lifeboats were gone, the, you know, the logs and everything. But the other ones where everything else is left and, and everything looks normal, except for, you know, the fact that everybody's gone. I don't know. It could be pirates. You know, that makes sense, except for the airplanes. Unless yeah, the there's airplanes. <laughs> They're evolving. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the um, reason, or I guess like 
mystery of methane gas within the Bermuda Triangle is something that I have heard a lot about from uh, probably the Weather Channel, (laughs) where it's like (laughs) top 10 disappearances of naval history. (laughs) Oh, isn't it like the methane gas like comes up in large amounts and yes. that affects the buoyancy. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And so um, methane is like a natural gas that's less dense than water. So if you're sailing through, um, you know, and there's like these massive methane bubbles that come up, like, yeah, your shit could be toast. You just drop. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you know, there's no... I, the thing that's tricky is like there's no recorded instances of methane gas being the cause of any of these disappearances um but i guess they're disappeared so <laughs> we wouldn't know <laughs> um the next one would be rogue waves which we kind of talked about um i feel like especially in the olden days before you had like very sophisticated technology that would kind of warn you of this stuff um you always hear like you know the the sea tales of waves that are massive that almost sink ships or like do sink ships and um i would not be surprised if that was actually the cause of some of these disappearances where like nothing is ever seen from again but um seen from if nothing is ever seen again or heard from again um i guess it would the only mystery would really be like if a you know, rogue wave does take a ship down. Like, why is there no debris found? That's the mystery that I would be wondering about. So second to last one is uh, magnetic anomalies. So maybe it's aliens. No, I mean, you don't even need aliens to have the uh, magnetics be kind of funky. Um, Obviously, our uh, globe is covered in a uh, field. And they say that uh, this is one of those areas that is particularly kind of like chaotic. Yeah. So I guess like one question that I would have or one thing that I would wonder is like, how is it that there are so many ships and planes that pass through that area just like completely unscathed and totally fine? But like some of these other ones are just like absolutely obliterated or completely messing. Like, does it like pick and choose? Are some people just like smarter than the others? How does that work? Well, you said a lot of these things happen in, like, December, January. Maybe it's, like, a time frame. Oh, maybe. I think we're onto something here. Well, because, like, what is it? Like, we're currently, or we just got out of, or honestly, I have no idea, the Earth's poles actually flip every once in a while. Is that a thing? Oh, absolutely. I was terrified of solar ejections pairing up with the flipping of the poles just destroying society (laughs) i can imagine an icebreaker where it's like what freaks you out and most people are like spiders or bugs and you're like the earth's polar ejections (laughs) no the sun's ejections pairing up up. with a weakened (laughs) magnetic field which keeps us safe from these solar rejections this is a common fear this is look it up this is a this is a very common thing (laughs) yeah i'm sure it is (laughs) i'm not alone here all right i'm gonna have to uh i'm gonna have to give it a look no i mean i honestly every once in a while i'll go like all right three two one and like be like all right it's happening now and it doesn't happen and then i go all right i'll do it again later Oh my god. 
yeah now i like to imagine like when i'm watching love island uk like you probably hope that it happens then <laughs> yeah because then we'll lose all satellites and we'll lose internet oh god okay well i'll have to look that up later but um the last thing could really just be like human error like maybe you're a terrible captain or you're a terrible pilot and it's just easier for people to say bermuda triangle instead of like you are not skilled to do this but that would that would really be it so i don't know i i'm always fascinated by the bermuda triangle I will always watch that shit on Weather Channel when it comes up. Um, or maybe like Travel Channel, Destination, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, that's that's all I got for today, though. Yeah, this is a fun one. I, um, I think it was yesterday I was watching something about like the Great Lakes having a similar shaped Ooh. feature that destroys uh, stuff. <laughs> There is uh well there's a lot of shipwrecks in Lake Michigan which we're closest to, um but Lake Superior is scary as hell, it is it it scares the shit out of me. Lake Michigan doesn't really scare me as much. Lake Superior I think because of its location and how quickly the weather can change, terrifying. Oh yeah, it just so, like like spawns storms. Yeah, we had a a trip and we were looking at some rocks. Or we were something. in the the youp. We were in the Yoop of Michigan and it was a really nice day and we were like just getting to the rocks that we were like really trying to get to. It's like an hour to get there. And then like all of a sudden we start turning away and they're like, yep, a storm's coming. And even like uh, sitting in our Airbnb, I remember like watching the weather map and these storms just come out of nowhere. Yeah, it's insane. So so we're on the boat and we start to turn and we're like, oh shit, yeah, there's totally a storm coming through. And it was basically a race between us getting back to shore um, versus the the storm. And what's crazy is because it's just like complete open lake or open water, you can see cloud to ground lightning hitting like in the distance. There's like a little island that's like right off of that little area. But um, absolutely terrifying. And, um, we got to shore like just as it started to pour. And I remember running into the gift shop to get our money back, to get our money back. back. (laughs) And it would like, it sucked. I would love to go back because I think the UP is beautiful. Um, and I want to do that pictured rocks, uh, tour, but we always have the shittiest luck with weather. And I remember running into that store on the dock and I was yelling why do we always have bad weather on our vacations because we do get hit with a hurricane in Florida uh like you know Colorado we're stuck like on a mountain as it's like starting to thunderstorm you know I think that one was maybe just us not being prepared (laughs) but yeah so yeah I don't know that's all that I have for today I would love to do more of the like i don't know mysterious spooky stuff in the world so maybe we'll get on track for for that so thank you ashton for getting us back to our roots thanks man and uh something exciting next week is actually the one year anniversary of booze and confused what are we gonna do i don't know i haven't planned that far Ooh, it's a me episode <laughs> it is a you episode if we follow the pattern don't fuck it up Watch me. (laughs) Watch me do it. So, yeah, that's all I've got. 
thank you so much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed a little bit of spoopy, mysterious uh, disappearances of the Bermuda Triangle. And we'll see you guys next week. All right, let's go paint stuff. Oh, yeah. We decided that, um, I don't know, because we've got a couple more weeks before we go both go back to work, uh, thanks to the executive producer. Why not just HGTV the shit out of our house? Yeah, um, a year of pandemic and two months of baby time. Um, and you sit in the same room um, every day. And you hate it. <laughs> and you watch people change their houses uh, drastically. And you're on a budget. You paint. Yeah, exactly. So thanks so much for joining us. We will see you next week. Cool. Bye. Bye.